Hey everyone, welcome to Healthy Mind, Happy Life podcast, episode two. This episode is brought to you by Elevate Your Life Coaching and Counseling. I'm your host, Caitlin Englert, a licensed social worker coaching you to let go of who you think you should be to find purpose and confidence to live the life you've always envisioned. And today I really wanted to talk about the things that recovery have taught me or recovery has taught me. Yeah, that sounds better. (laughs) Recovery has taught me about life and how it really has been the foundation for every single thing that I navigate throughout my life. It doesn't matter how big or how small recovery has really given me a strong foundation And the things I learned early on are the things that I continually come back to in in, uh, anything that life wants to throw at me. But first, I wanted to talk about this awesome Christmas gift I got from my sister, who was my secret Santa. Wait, no, she wasn't. My stepsister was. But my sister got me a gift anyway, because she's awesome. And she got me this movie, When in Rome. Do you guys remember that? With Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. I actually, I watched so many of them. I can't say that I really remember what this one's about. I know they travel to Rome. And I think they meet boys as usual. But I'm super excited to watch it because I don't really remember it. Which is typical of me. But she got it on DVD, and I don't even know if I have a DVD player. And if I do, I definitely have to dust it off or get the Xbox to try to play this. So we're going to give that a go this week. But I was a Mary-Kate and Ashley fan my whole childhood. and I probably don't remember it because I've seen every single one of their movies. New York Minute, Passport to Paris, Winning London billboard dad that one i actually think billboard dad we my cousins were here last year and we found that was it on the disney app i can't remember but we we found it and it was just a classic like it brought us right back to childhood and it was awesome but i used to just watch all of these movies on repeat So it's pretty sad that I don't remember what this one's about. But I don't think this was, When in Rome was one of my favorites. Our Lips Are Sealed, Billboard Dad, Switching Goals, and Passport to Paris were definitely my top four. And I'm sure so many of you out there, if you were also born in the 90s, even the 80s, are are having some flashbacks to when you were a kid as well. So yeah, anyway, I can't wait to watch that this week. And I'm still, I'm starting to get back into work a little bit, still on maternity leave. So, you know, depending on how the baby sleeps that night, I may or may not do work that day. (laughs) I'm trying my best, definitely trying my best. And just giving myself the permission to do my best. You know, it's definitely hard running my own business and being on maternity leave. And I get anxious about it 
about feeling like I'm not doing enough or that I could be doing more. And then also, you know, the struggle between that and wanting to rest. So I definitely am giving myself that permission to rest when I need to. And especially if there's a bad day or a night that I don't get as much sleep or I just feel exhausted because I'm a mom of three now. But, you know, so I'm just, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And anyway, let's go back to our topic for today. Is what has recovery taught me? So number I have three different, I I wrote down my top three things that recovery has taught me. The first and number one thing is keep it simple when I'm overwhelmed. That phrase, keep it simple, was drilled into my head when I first came into the rooms of Narcotics Anonymous. Because addicts, alcoholics, and honestly, outside of that, overthinkers, um, people who are emotionally intelligent, we tend to get caught in the future, which the future causes anxiety. And we get caught in the future. We get caught in those thoughts of feeling like we're not good enough, that we didn't do enough, judging ourselves, um, being so self-aware that we overthink our our interactions with someone that day or something we didn't do or that we did do and now we have regrets about it and we overcomplicate so many areas of our life internally and externally and I was a hot mess when I first got clean. I love hearing the stories from other people that had more time than me about when I first came into the rooms because I was literally crazy. I don't like using that word, but I was. I, But that is also how I processed things. I just had to get it out. I am not a person to keep it in. I have to get it out. I have to talk about it. And so like whatever was going on in my head, I pretty much just word vomited it at all these meetings. And I was also 20 years old. So, I mean, there was some immaturity there (laughs) and I didn't have as much self-awareness and control over myself as I do now. But that was one thing that when I would come in and, and I would word vomit all over the, the rooms is people would just say, keep it simple slow it down, keep it simple. And I, and I'm like, but I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to do that. What does that even mean? You're telling me, I don't understand those words. What is simple? And it really came down to trust, right? No matter what was happening, whether it was that I was facing three felonies and legal charges and having probation and community service or getting out of a relationship, trying to go back to school and figure out a new major, and facing um, being kicked out of college because my grades were so bad, trying to repair broken friendships and relationships, create boundaries with old friends that I didn't want to have relationships with anymore, 
no, no matter what it was, right? Everything felt overwhelming to me and every day was just a lot. And what I learned was keeping it simple. What I had to do at that time was go to a meeting every day. So once a day, I went to a meeting, attend my college classes, go to treatment, right? So I went to treatment, I think it was a couple times a week. So I didn't have a lot of time in my schedule, but those are the things. That's how I kept it simple. That's how I didn't always stay out of my head, but I didn't always act out on what was going on in my head or it didn't perpetuate into a depression because I had these things that were helping me to slow it down and keep it simple. And that principle still holds true today. When I feel myself getting overwhelmed or really anxious about something, I say, okay, okay, hold on, pump the brakes. What can I do? And that is keep it simple. Okay. So what is it that I can do today that will help me slow things down, right? I don't need to accomplish everything today, but I do put that pressure on myself. So I'm actually causing myself to feel anxious and overwhelmed. It's intentionally, it's like intentionally harming myself. And so if I, okay, no one else is putting this pressure on, on me, right? I put the pressure on myself. And so keeping it simple, if I think about it from a logical standpoint, I want to get everything done today, but I actually have a whole week to do it. And who's saying that I have to get it done today? And you know what? Even if you do have someone telling you, you know, if it's at a job or you're getting ready for something like a party or an event or holiday, whatever, um, and you have someone telling you, you know, you have to get these things done, you can still find ways to keep it simple and slow it down. You know, maybe you you um, give up something you know, or you postpone something, you know, okay, this thing that I have to do for work, this can wait till tomorrow. I'm going to do this today and focus on this today. And that's a really good way of just keeping it simple. And, and I may not always feel great about that. Like I might still feel anxious or overwhelmed, but it's better than it would be if I allowed myself to get caught in that anxiety or that overwhelm. So number two is letting go of things I can't control. Now, this one is a challenging one, and I've had to literally just smack myself upside the head or have people smack me upside the head sometimes and drill it into me. You can't control. You can't control. You can't control this. You know, and I would say I I have to give credit to the first step in the program. And it's, we admitted we were powerless over drugs and alcohol and our lives had become unmanageable. And that word powerlessness, right? That's what I think of when I have, when I find myself wanting to hold on to things that are outside of my control. I am powerless over people. I am powerless over certain situations. And 
there's sometimes I may, I may not have control over a certain situation, but there's things I can do in that situation that, that do give me some control. So for example, when I, I know I keep going to my um, birth, but this was my most recent experience was when I was navigating that and I was told I couldn't get up to the hospital to see her, that was the biggest form of powerlessness that I have ever felt in my entire life. And my husband said, you know, pray or meditate on, you know, to have acceptance. And actually that really just kind of ticked me off because I was not in the space at that time to be like, oh yeah, let me pray for acceptance because that's just not going to happen. I can't accept what's happening. And I was holding on to this that these, I felt like these people had control over what I I don't like when I'm put into a box and I'm told I can or cannot do things. And it makes me spiral. And, and so I felt like I couldn't control what was happening or what they were telling me, but what I could control, what were my actions and what I did to advocate for myself and my daughter. And that may, in, in this situation, it did end up getting me somewhere that getting me, you know, up to the hospital to see her, but he was encouraging me to pray for acceptance over whatever answer they gave me, right? Whether it was that I could come up to see her or I was still going to have to wait the 10 days. And it was incredibly hard to pray for acceptance because that's not the answer that I wanted. Right. I couldn't, how, how in, in this situation, this awful situation, could I accept that this was happening? But I, as much as it pissed me off, I did, I I got quiet and I, I tried very, very hard, even though my mind was very busy to just pray for acceptance over whatever answer came. You know, that doesn't mean that I don't stop trying or there's not things that I can't that I, I can't do. There's always things that I can do, but in the end, you know, how much of that am I going to let consume me? Right. It's that, that saying, I go back to pick your battles, right? There's some battles and that situation was one of them I wanted to go at, but there's certain things in day-to-day life that we just don't have control over. Right. And how much is this a battle that you really want to pick? Like how much of it do you want to let consume you? Is it worth putting your mental health on the line when it's something that you can't control, right? Some way someone feels about you or the way someone says something to you, or even if something happens and you don't even understand it, it makes complete, it doesn't even make complete sense right? You, you, maybe you get fired from a job or someone, you know, decides they don't want to be friends with you anymore, or, you know, your, um, your partner says they don't want to be with you. Like there's things that are outside of our control and that don't always mean that it doesn't always mean that it's a reflection of you. And we can find ways to let go. It doesn't mean that we say that it's okay, whatever's happening to us. 
It just means that we do find acceptance and that we can let go of things and not let them, not let whatever that situation is, that person, that environment, whatever's happening, control us and consume us. And sometimes we do get caught in. I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Obviously, the situation I went through did consume me, right? I'm not perfect at it. But there, but that is one thing that recovery has taught me is how to let go of things that I am powerless over. And we don't like to, as human beings, like to surrender because we do like to have control. Whether it's real control or an illusion of control, we like to have control. It gives us safety. And so like a lot of clients will tell me, well, if I let go of this, then that's that's saying what that person did to me is okay. No, it's not. It means that you're not letting it control you and consume you and bury you internally. And, and so that's been a really big lesson. And it's one of those things that I don't think any of us will ever um, master, but we can get better at it. And again, pick our battles. So the third thing is recovery has taught me how to be honest and authentic. You know, I've, I've had a lot of friendships over the years, some really good ones. Some, you know, people have come and gone. Some have stayed. Some I've gotten really close to, and then something happens and we're not close anymore. We just aren't friends anymore. And, you know, I, I was having this conversation with, with someone the other day that I lived in this alternate world for so long that in what I mean, in, of people in recovery. And I lived in this world of, you know, surrounded by other therapists. And with that comes when you're in recovery and you're a therapist, most people are very self-aware They learn how to be honest and authentic and genuine and not just talk the talk, but they walk the walk, right? So relationships tend to be a little easier in my experience. But what I've learned after I left my job about four years ago is that's just not the way the world works, that people are people, you know, and there's some really, a lot of really good people out there. And there's good people out there that, that just don't have that level of self-awareness that I would like them to. And there's people out there that don't have the insight or the awareness or the experience over or understanding of their behavior and their thoughts. And so they will do a lot of that talk the talk, but not walk the walk. And some people just aren't aware of their own trauma or their childhood wounds. And that plays itself out in relationships. And me being me, I am self-aware and sometimes to a fault that when these things happen, um, you know, relationships kind of fizzle out or experiences, you know, jobs fizzle out or they no longer serve me.
And sometimes I have this expectation or I believe that everyone else is the same way. And that's not the case. And so that's, that's okay. It doesn't make them a bad person. It just means that they haven't reached that point in their life or they don't have that level of self-awareness or understanding or emotional intellect that some people that other people do have but that's okay right like we all serve a purpose in this universe and I wrote this as my third one because I do want to be that honest person. I do want to be that authentic person. When you see my stuff on social media, that's me. That's me being genuine and authentic. And I will not post anything that does not feel authentic to me. And again, sometimes I'm self-aware to a fault that I, I can't in good conscience post something that I'm doing and then not do it, right? I can't post, oh, I'm journaling today or I did this amazing daily meditation and then actually not do it. In good conscience, whether you know that or not, I can't do that. And just showing up and being honest with, you know, on, whether that's on social media, on the podcast, with my kids, with my family, with my friends, it recovery has taught me how to be a good human, how to be authentic. And that means authenticity just means right here, this is who I am, right? What you see is what you get. And you can trust that when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it, right? I don't just come on here and say things and then not apply them to my own life. And my conscience is so strong, it wouldn't let me do that anyway. Actually, funny story. My therapist, when I first got clean, and I I struggled for months and months to get clean and outpatient. But <laughs> I was, like, when I was using and I would try to lie about it, my conscience, even when I was using, right? Even the drugs couldn't bury my conscience. My conscience had such a loud voice. I would tell on myself. And my therapist, now we became coworkers and then we became friends. So we still have a relationship to this day, you know, I think it's been like 11 or 12 years later and she still brings it up and we still laugh about it because she's like, Caitlin, your conscience just, it wouldn't even let you lie. You know, she, she was like, you would try, but then you would be like, oh, okay, no, this, yep, I have to be honest. This is what I did. Or one time I called her and I said, yeah, I won't be in group tonight because I just got arrested for stealing. You know, it, it's like most, mostly any, you know, anyone else that was you actively using just would probably hide and disappear and they would not be calling their counselor or they would show up, you know, months later, a week, few weeks later. But my conscience just always brought me back to this place of being honest and, and authentic. And so, you know, it's still like that today. You know, even if the lady at Kohl's 
goes to, you know, she's wringing out my clothes and, and accidentally missed ringing something up and I notice it, I have to be honest about it. And I can't just walk out of that store knowing that I got that dress for free because that person may lose their job. And I wouldn't want that to happen, right? I went into that store knowing that I would have to pay for it. And it's not right for me to walk out knowing that 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 happened. Um, and so that is, that's been a big part of my recovery too, is that I, I just can't lie. You know, if I lie, it's, it puts me in a really bad space and that's not the type of person that I want to be. It's, that's the person that I used to be, right? I, even though I would, I was honest with my counselor, I would always try to lie. I was always lying to everyone around me, whether I was good at it or not, I really wasn't, but whether I was good at it or not, it's an old behavior. And so showing up as a real person and being honest about things in my life today, even what's going on in my head, um, is a crucial part of my life. I have to be honest about how I'm feeling about what's going on in my head, or it's just going to isolate me and bury me. And so no matter what situation I'm going through, these three things have carried me through. When I worked through, and, and still sometimes it's a struggle, but through my disordered eating, you know, and navigating, learning to connect, reconnect with my body again trying to find my way through life and figure out who Caitlin is, was, is, is, yeah. Still trying to figure out who she is. It's, it's really a never ending journey, but these things, you know, and even more recently when I went through this experience with the birth, these things, these pillars have carried me through and I can trust that no matter what life throws at me, I have these pillars. And so whether you're in recovery or not, what I encourage you to do is build your foundation. We all go through situations, whether that's recovering from addiction, from an eating disorder, you know, from a divorce, from a bad breakup, having children, whatever, you know, losing someone that was close to you, no matter what experience you've been through in life. I want you to think about what are, what did you do or what can you do if you're going through it now to build that foundation strong so it doesn't have cracks in it? Because I know my foundation doesn't have cracks. Life is hard and I'm not perfect. And sometimes I forget about these things. But when it's really, really hard and I don't know what else to do, I can surrender and I can say, okay. Keep it simple. Let go of this thing I can't control and be honest and authentic. If I can do those things, then I will be okay. Right? And my pillars might not be your pillars. I want you to figure out what are your pillars? What did you build your foundation with? Or what do you want to build your foundation with? And build that thing strong. You want that foundation rock solid. And if you can do that, 
then you can trust that those pillars will carry you through any situation in life. That is all the time that I have for today, guys. Thank you so much for joining today. Please share with your friends if you liked it or with a family member or someone that you feel could benefit from this. And please reach out if you want to schedule a coaching consultation or or a session with me. I am meeting with people in person and virtually. So please reach out and I will see you all next week. Peace and love.